This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, as always, coming at you with episode number 39. I can't believe it. We have done 39 of these, including them mostly during done during the pandemic. As always, we talk about local and national sports, but with COVID and sports not being on between March through now, but occasional sports being played, teams getting back in the rhythms of things, you know, television and movie productions shut down and only certain shows being showed in the spring or the summer. That it's just been all over, it's been like a round robin over in this world. So the 2021 Rose Parade has been canceled. For those who worry about it. And basketball, some news here. Michael Beasley, remember the Nets, signed him because a lot of their players either tested positive for COVID or like Kyrie and Durant, even if they didn't have COVID, they're injured and they're not going to rush back for this short in part of the end of the season, the playoffs, all this time off, and guys sitting out for social injustice as well. So they filled the roster with Lance Thomas and Justin Anderson. They've been around the league before, and they signed Michael Beasley. The problem, Michael Beasley has to A, serve a suspension so he can't even play in those games that they're going to start off to you know, figure out seeding, and he also contracted COVID-19, so he's not supposed to even be there. So... Once he clears, then he's got to also miss some games. I don't know if it's going to work out for him to be on that contract. In football, Miles Garrett of the Browns, they signed him to a five-year deal worth $125 million. It's And in general, he's got seven more years there because he already had two years left. Cleveland Browns are going to be a scary team this year. They fixed a lot of their problems, and they're really deep in certain positions, so that's a good thing for Cleveland. In baseball, unfortunately, Austin Meadows, the all-star, tested positive. Gregory Polanco, Jose Martinez, Kean Brian Hayes, and Hunter Dozier. And in basketball, Eric Bledsoe also tested positive, so he's going to have to clear for, in order for him to come back to the bubble. And sad news, Philander Rodman dies at 79 years old from prostate cancer. That is the famous father of Dennis Rodman, who fathered, I guess they said, like 50 to 100 kids, something like that. And Dennis didn't even meet him until he, in 2002. He only met him eight years ago because he never knew his father because his father, obviously, as I said, is a philander and he slept with so many people. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to former All-Star second baseman from the Phillies. Tony Taylor made two All-Star teams, Phillies Hall of Fame, Cuban Hall of Fame, Hispanic Hall of Fame. He also played for the Cubs and Tiger. He coached for the Phillies in two different stints, was a minor league manager and roving instructor, also managed and coached in the minor league for the Giants and the Marlins as well. It's due to complications from stroke, and he was a pretty good player for a small amount of time. So, rest in peace to Tony Taylor. Tim McCarver, speaking of Philly players, he played for the Cardinals in Philly. He is opting out of the season due to COVID because he's at this risk. He doesn't want to get, you know, COVID. Gina Charles of the WNBA, one of the best players in the WNBA, is opting out due to medical condition. And Colin McHugh, who... Used to be one of the three best pitchers in the Astros rotation, but then they went and got Cole. And they had Verlander, and it pushed Tim towards the bottom. Then he missed time due to injury and was made to be a reliever with the Astros. Going back and forth the past two years, a lot of teams are looking for him to bounce back as a fifth starter swing guy. The Red Sox, who were pitching needy because Chris Sale's out for the year with Tommy John surgery, they let Rick Porcello and Andrew Kastner go in free agency, and they traded David Price, and their best pitchers... Nathan Eovaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Martin Perez, who signed, all have injured. 
injury concerns with past surgery. That the Red Sox are really looking forward to have Colin McHugh pitch for them. But he opted out of the season because he doesn't want to be in this sort of situation where it's limbo of short what is going to happen this season. So the Red Sox were desperate. They traded for Dylan Covey, which is hilarious because we, as, as anybody in Chicago knows, the White Sox, that dude is horrible how he kept getting taken off the 40-man roster and then coming back because the Sox needed pitching. They were desperate. They also signed Zach Godley, who just was released in spring training from the Tigers, who could use the pitching. So the Red Sox, their pitching staff is... Now, with the whole controversy of Washington's football team, with sites that sell, you know, apparel and signage and all this stuff, the latest thing is Madden decided they're going to move the D.C.'s... You know, Washington, D.C. logo and name from the game, and they're going to replace it as soon as they know what it's going to be. Now, with all these social, you know, injustices and people trying to be racially correct, the Edmonton Eskimos is looking to change their name. Okay, that's interesting. That's a, that's a Canadian football team. Montrose Harrell has left the bubble like the uh, Zion Williamson has due to family emergency. Hopefully everything's okay there. Kenny Stills, who was arrested for protesting the Houston Texans wide receiver, charge has been dropped on him. And speaking of this bubble, Alex Caruso of the Lakers said being in this bubble, he's going to miss his sister's wedding because he doesn't want to have to try to get tested every day. And there's a lot of people at weddings, things like that. So he's going to miss that. And um, in big base, and in, in big baseball news, Yasiel Puig who's not 30 years old, who's got all this talent, could be a 5 tool player, but never is consistent or lives up to his potential, and has been on a lot of teams since the Dodgers let him go. He was still out there as a free agent. There are rumors that the Marlins or the Orioles, the White Sox were looking to sign him at one point. He had announced last week that he was going to sign with the Braves, and I always thought that was silly because the Braves didn't need an outfielder. They needed, you know, catching or a good DH, that sort of thing. But because he has COVID, the whole entire deal is just null and void. It's not going to happen. Mookie Betts, on the other hand, who wasn't sure, the Dodgers weren't sure that they gave up all this stuff for him, that it turns out that he's not going to play if there was no season. Well, he's going to play. And instead of him becoming a free agent, despite the fact that the Dodgers are paying A.J. Pollock all this money, they want to pay Cody Bellinger, they still got Jack Peterson, they got Max Munt, they got all these guys who play first base or outfield. They went and signed Mookie Betts to a 12-year extension. I love Mookie Betts. He was an MVP. He's one of the 10 best players in baseball. But he's going to, at some point, get on a decline and no longer be as fast as he used to be, no longer be as good as a hitter he used to be. Things are just going to go down or, and it not be good as a fielder he used to be. So 12 years is a lot. If you sign him to like a five-year deal, maybe, yeah, I'll, I can see that. But I do not see the 12-year deal, the upside in that, when you have a bunch of guys to begin with. Now, Trevor Lawrence, he got engaged inside the Clemson Stadium. That's interesting. And um, the Blue Jays have been denied the ability to play in Toronto because Canada doesn't want to bring germs in and out, despite the fact that the Blue Jays can quarantine inside the Rogers Center because there's a hotel basically attached to it, and they could stay there, the Blue Jays players, and not go home. But, yeah, they decided, nope. So if they were smart, they'd play Buffalo or one of their minor league teams, you know, stadiums. That's what they would do because the Pirates were rumored to be the place they're going to play. But that just fell through as of today. 
The Kings, like a lot of other basketball courts, they're making themselves a voting center. And rest in peace to Frank Bowling, former second baseman, who passed away at 88 from complications of cancer. He played for the Tigers. He was a four-time All-Star and a Gold Glove winner. He was one of the greatest Braves players, which is why I, he's on the all-time Braves team. Rest in peace to him. The NBA has decided that they're going to do 10-minute games to start off the first couple of ones instead of the full 12 because not a lot of teams have enough to, you know, fill up a whole entire roster. And the good thing with the bubble, zero players who are in the bubble tested positive and Russell Westbrook's back after testing positive. Major League Baseball said there's a chance there could be fans in the stadium at the end of the season. That's interesting to follow with the NBA with the social justice and the WNBA in the back of the jerseys. The NFL said they could put social injustice, you know, stayings and quotes, whatever you want on the football helmets decals. That's interesting. And because they're not sure about this upcoming next basketball season, the G League has formed a union. That's interesting as well. Former basketball players like Jermaine O'Neal, All-Star, T-Mac, Hall of Famer, they opened up a sports agency called 7-1 Sports Agency. That's interesting. Julia Donaldson is now the new radio play-by-play announcer for the Washington Racial Slurs, whatever they're going to be called, because their guy, they fired him based on stuff he did, so they're they're going ahead and progressing as a, as a team. Moving on, and the NBA draft lottery is moving up from the to August 20th. Now, there were a lot of baseball moves because with the season starting on Thursday and Friday, teams have to finalize who they want and what they want to do. And a lot of times when players sign veterans to minor league deals, they're opt-outs right before end, and you don't want those contracts to become guaranteed. And you sometimes try to work out a new deal. So the Orioles decided because they have Alex Cobb and John Means that Wade LeBlanc and Tommy Malone, the two veteran pitchers they signed to minor league deal, they're going to make the team. The Mets, on the other hand, had to make some decisions with the relievers. So Brad Brock and Jared Hughes looks like both are making the team, which is good for the Mets to have more veterans like Jared Hughes make the team and put on the deal. The Cubs signed Jose Lobaton in case wasn't going to get hurt again and that they have more than just Josh Fegley as backup. Phillies released Bud Norris. I'm really disappointed with the Phillies. They signed a bunch of veteran pitchers to minor league deals and they and some in, and they just released them. It's just like, come on. Could always use them. And Sox News, Marcotta's back. That's a good thing. And a weird move is the Royals acquired Francisco Cordero from the Padres with another player for a guy named Tim Hill who doesn't do anything special. Nondescript white guy. The Padres make no sense. They had a huge jam of outfielders last year. So they traded Famil Reyes to the Indians. They converted third baseman Josh Naylor to the outfield. And you still got Will Myers, their DH, playing the outfield. And then... You still had yourself Hunter Renfro, Travis Jankowski, Alex Dickerson, and Manuel Margot to go there. You got Dickerson, Jankowski, Jankowski, Margot, Renfro, and Josh Naylor. But guess what? Jankowski and Dickerson, gone. Offseason in separate trades, Hunter Renfro and Manuel Margot, San Diego. I was like, okay. That's Frankie Codero's chance if he's healthy to be the everyday center fielder. And Will Myers and Josh Naylor would play corner with Trent Grisham. Well, they just traded away their last remaining guy that they had when they had a log jam. Now it's like Grant Grisham and Tommy Pham and, and Josh Naylor, the outfield, Will Myers, the itching. Yeah, they're just running from their death. And the Marlins officially put Matt Joyce and Lewis Brinson on the DL, so that's guaranteed Matt Joyce makes the team. Jason Kipnis made the Cubs team, and they're keeping Trevor McGill. 
Justin Anderson of the Angels undergoing Tommy John surgery, which is not good for the Angels. They don't have enough pitching. The Nationals relieved relief for Fernando Abad. And the Rockies decided to cut veterans Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, who every it seemed like Jake McGee was only there on a one-year deal, but then arbitration or you know offering him a qualifying offer, things like that, that he just took around, and they just said it was just time. You guys are tired of paying for you guys. They did with Jason Mott, Wade Davis. You name it. The Rockies have spent a lot of money in the last five years on veteran relief pitchers and not any other things. Daniel Barr comeback story. He makes the team. Officially, Matt Kemp and Chris Owens made the team, so that's good because the Rockies don't know who's going to play second base. And with Ian Desmond opting out, Matt Kemp could get bats at DH. The Red Sox, as I stated earlier, desperate for pitching. So Zach Godley is officially with them. Interesting, the Yankees released Adam Warren. I thought, hey, if the dude's healthy, he could be a swing guy for them. And the Dodgers option one of the young pitchers, Tony Goslin, to minor league. That's interesting. They're not going to go with him at camp. The Braves made sure to make DeAndre Alonzo and Josh Tomlin officially on the roster. It's not sure if Josh Tomlin's going to fill the fifth spot that Felix Hernandez left or if he's going to be a swing guy again. Alonzo's good to have in case you need some guy to DH or keep Freddie, Freddie Freeman fresh. Padres lost one of their pitchers, Trey Wingetter, to Tommy John surgery. Matt Adams, the Mets let him go. Because with Dominic Smith and Pete Alonzo and Jed Lowry as guys who can play first base, there's no room for him. Pirates lost their starting catcher, Luke Malley, to finger surgery. This is where a guy like Russell Martin comes in. They could sign him. They could sign Keanu Navarro, Jordan Pacheco, Hector Sanchez. One of those guys to a minor league deal. There's enough for the catchers to go around that are still available. And as affiliates, what they're doing, they do. They released Logan Forsythe. The dude can play everywhere, and he's still a major league caliber player. Francisco Lariano, if he's just a reliever, he's still a major league caliber left-handed reliever. But they said, nope. And Neil Walker, though, makes the team that's good for them. Chris Herman decided that, you know, with three catchers on the 40-man roster for the Rays, Mike, Mike Zanino and his two backups, and Kevin Smith, who'd been a major league catcher, he's out there. So Chris Herman could definitely maybe join the Pirates. John Jay made the Diamondbacks. It's good because they need somebody, a veteran backup outfielder. The Rangers make sure the Volkas are making the team. It's good news for Nate Jones, who's finally healthy. He makes the Reds team. And uh, Reds say goodbye to Scott Shebler again. I don't know how long that's going to take because last time they got rid of him, he was still in the minor leagues. Mets added Rene Rivera because you can always use a third catcher. Twins, though, despite not knowing when Pineda's going to pitch because of suspension, Rich Hill and Rich Hill never stays healthy. Homer Bailey can't stay healthy. They say, yeah, we don't need to leash again, so he's out there. Maybe the Red Sox will look to pick him up. It's good news. Lowell makes the opening day Brewers roster. That gives him another bat. The A's decided they got enough infielders with Chad Pinder, Franklin Barreto, and Tony Kemp that Ryan Goins can be released. And George Contos, he announces retirement. George Contos, the longtime relief pitcher, who's actually from Lincolnwood, Illinois, it says. The dude retired at 34 years old. He played for both the Yankees, the Pirates, the Indians, and the Giants. He was on the 2012 Giants team that won the World Series. He played in the Cubs, and he went, played for the Nationals recently. And now the Giants decided to hire him as a pre- and post-game analyst for the season. So happy trails to the dudes from Lincolnwood, Illinois. That's pretty cool. And the Reds, who added Derek Dietrich, like re-signed him this offseason because he played really well for them. And they added him to the 60-man player pool. 
fired up and released him. So that's silly. Phillies have said again, stop releasing veterans that people have heard of. Because they're bullpen. Tommy Hunter, Dave Robert, Daniel Roberts, Daniel Robertson, Dave Robertson, and Sir Anthony Dominguez, they never stay healthy. None of the relievers are that great. So a lot of them are failed stutters like Adam Morgan. That releasing Lariano, Swarzak, and Drew Storen, not the best idea. Brewers, not good news. They're a veteran starter. Bernie Anderson was been put on the DL. And what a surprise. Jed Lowry was placed on the DL again. Is he ever going to play a game? The Braves signed Matt Adams because they needed some death case Freeman because he just had Tommy John. I mean, not Tommy John. COVID, so they're not sure. Now, for the Giants, Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria start to see them in the DL. But because you have Pablo Sandoval and Wilmer Flores and Yomer Sanchez on your team already and you brought in Darren Ruff, you got enough corner infielders there. Marlins released one of the few relievers I've ever heard of in Ryan Cook. Orioles utility man Steve Wilkerson suffered a broken finger. That's not good. Henderson Alvarez signed with the independent team. And that dude has just never been the same ever since he got hurt. And Yulee Shakin, who got cut by the Twins, picked, Braves picked him up too. They said they're not sure who their fifth starter is. The Pirates selected one of the few pitchers I heard of in Robbie Erlin. And because Luke Malley, their catcher, is out for the year, it looks like, that making sure that John Ryan Murphy makes the team is a very good idea because he's been around the block before. So it's good to have that guy there. And there, Daniel Norris is back for the Tigers. That's good. As I said before, the Red Sox traded for Dylan Covey. That's a desperate move. The Rays took a huge blow. They just lost Colin Boucher to a torn UCL. That's not good. The Yankees, though, optioned a couple of players to minor leagues. Braves brought back Culberson, who seems like he's just forever going to be there, no matter if he's on a major league minor league deal. Dodgers picked up Jake McGee because, you know, Hey, if they don't have to pay him all that money and he's not asked to be the closer or the setup man because you have Blake Trident and Joe Kelly setting up and they just signed Adrian Ramos and they have Pedro Baez, it's a pretty good idea. Surprising move is they option Gavin Lux. I thought this would be the time for Gavin Lux to get all the best second base. Max Muthy not playing second base. He would DH and he played Cody Bellinger at first base. And, um... That's interesting. I don't know if they're gonna. He's gonna play in the alternate site. The Yankees are often Jordan Montgomery, but because they're not really sure about Kyle Chicago as a backup, Chris Iannetta made the team. Veterans Luis Avilan and David Hale made the team, and they said Dan O'Tara's been placed on the restricted list. I don't know what's up with him, but again, just keep adding veterans who used to pitch in the major leagues. The good idea. Now players like Matt Duffy, Zach Grant, Eric Kratz. Tyler Lyons, Nick, Nick, Nick Trapino, and Tony Zyke, they're going to still be with the Yankees' alternate sites. So it's not like they cut them or anything. And again, the Phillies, again, after releasing Logan Forsythe, they released Josh Harrison. Tigers lead Hector Tatiango, despite not having any good relievers. The Blues lost Ray Black to his general kidder cuff. And Janice Tozawa, he's joined an independent league in Japan. Cardinals finally said, that's it. Bersitzel, you're never healthy. You're released. The Mets, despite picking up Milky Cabrera and Gordon Beckham, just like a week or two ago, 
have just cut him, so I don't understand it. But I know somebody who needs outfield help. Maybe the Pirates, Marlins, somebody will pick up Yoki Cabrera. The Mets, though, after Long Guards was cut by the Padres, they brought him back in a minor league deal, and the Mets brought Dozier back. We have Robinson, excuse me, the Mets have Robinson Cano. J- Jeff McNeil is a natural-born second baseman, and they also had signed themselves Eduardo Nunez to minor league deal. They got enough second baseman, so I don't understand the Dozier thing. But, yeah, that's what happened with all the baseball transactions and new, and now with television news. Animated show Dunkinville, which got renewed, has made Rashida Jones, Wiz Khalifa, and Joy- Joyous must get the uh, series regulars. Peter Fairley is going to produce a film based on the Wishbone shows from the 90s. That's going to be interesting. Unfortunately, John Lewis, civil rights activist and, congress- and congressman, dies, and C.T. Vivian, another civil rights activist, both passed away around the same time. That's very interesting to see that both of them, you know, passed away. Winter Soldier, you know, Falcon show that they're going to have. Because basically once the Avengers thing ended, they're going to say, there's going to be another Thor movie, another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. There's going to be another Doctor Strange, another Black Panther movie, and maybe another Ant-Man movie. And there's going to be like a Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch and a Vision show and things like that. that They're just making all these characters who are in Avengers, they're all little shows or movies. And that one... It's been postponed. There's supposed to be like a Hawkeye show with his daughter. That's supposed to come out there. And interesting news, Dr. Anthony Fauci is going to throw the first pitch of the Nationals-Yankees game. That's interesting. Bob Costas is joining CNN. So that's interesting as well. And with Michael Bennett retiring football, that means both Bennett brothers have retired. And he played for Seattle, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, New England, and Dallas. With a Super Bowl and a multiple-time pro bowler. So... That dude turned himself around. Like, nobody ever heard of him, and all of a sudden, you're just like, bam. Turned himself into part of the Legion of Doom, Legion of Boom, and they're just unstoppable, the team. That was interesting. And his brother, Martellus Ben, who played for the Bears, was also a very interesting person. I feel like that whole entire family is super interesting and whatnot. And then the Braves, when it comes to, like, the Washington team changing their name, People looking at the Chiefs and the Blackhawks, the Braves and stuff. They said there's no more going to be the chop sign. They still may do the song, but they said there won't be the sign. But without fans this year, I just all this stuff should be just, just get rid of. There's no need for it whatsoever. Now in TV world, it was supposed to be only like Star Girls, the only new show on broadcast television. There was Better Call Saul coming back. There was Rick and Morty's end of their season. There was new shows like... Dispatchers from elsewhere. There's things like that that were supposed to happen. Cable shows here and there. ABC does their game shows. CBS has some game show. NBC has some competition show as well. The CW has a lot of shows from other networks. So, a lot of the networks said, sorry, some of our summer shows, we're going to hold hostage in case we don't get filming done on the fall winter show. Or, we're just going to push the ones that were already supposed to happen in spring or summer so the show United We Fall debuted last week, and tonight is going to third episode. This week, I'm going to write the review, and then come talk to you guys about it next week. But with baseball season starting this week, my whole attention has been on recording my baseball podcast. I recorded a one-hour AL preview and a one-hour NL preview. Wherever you find your your podcast on Google, Apple, or Spotify, or Anchor directly, or check out on the Raider Entertainment blog page, you'll see... 
the links to listen to at least Spotify for the baseball preview. And my baseball written preview is on Radar 4428 on Blogger, but it's also going to be shared again tomorrow on the day of the season, along with the podcast links again and all my predictions. But I will say this, 60-game season, it could be anybody's game. But it's obviously going to be the Astros and Yankees are the two best teams in the American League. Twins are just the best team in the American League Central. And the Rays and the A's are competitive enough that they'll probably take the two of the wildcard team. And in the National League, Cardinals are the best team in their division. Chicago, Milwaukee, Cincinnati are going to be competitive. And the Braves and Nationals are two good teams. The Mets and Phillies are going to be competitive. Dodgers are clearly like the best team in the National League. And the Diamondbacks will be competitive. But it's probably going to go down to Atlanta, Washington, L.A., and St. Louis. Which means one wild card spot open between the Mets, the Phillies, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Diamondbacks. And it's going to be interesting who takes that last spot. Now, basketball starting up next week. That's going to be interesting. Hockey's also going to be starting up. WNBA starting off this Saturday, so it's going to be good to hear. And so the show I watched most recently was the show Snowpiercer. It was a graphic novel, and it was a movie as well. It's basically the dystopian show where the world freezes and everybody's on a ship. I mean, on a train that goes all around the world, and they have different things on different parts of the train. So, like, all the rich people are up front. They paid for it. Then they got, like, second class, which is not the rich, but I think it's somewhere in the middle because they got the first class people. Third class is, like, the people do all the work on the ship and stuff, and that's how they get to live there because they're actually doing stuff. And then they have the tra- the, tra- the trailies, you know, the you know, end of the train that boarded it without passes. Some of them were killed over time because they don't have the food or proper medication like the rest of the people do in the resource because they felt like they didn't deserve to be there. But this was a money grab by the person who invented it. And it wasn't like everybody, you want to save the best of the best. You want to save somebody from every country, every religion or cultural race. People, all the scientists, all the doctors. No, you say the people that could afford it or the people that wouldn't mind doing sanitation or engineering work or restaurant work or sex work, all those things like that. And David, you know, you know. Yeah, so the actors in the show are pretty good. David Diggs is the main character who starts the, you know, who's in charge, like the tail lead. Jennifer Connelly's, you know, running the ship, stuff like that. It's interesting to think daughter's in the show, so Mark Margolius made an appearance in the show. So it's a pretty interesting show of, like, the, the poor trying to get up to the, the rich and things like that. And it just goes pretty quick. It's not like, oh, the next episode is, like, ten days later. No. They may flash back once in a while, but pretty much overall, it goes pretty quickly through the shows, and the only thing that I'm upset about is that it builds this all up, the show of, of the main character fulfilling what he wanted to do, even though he had to sacrifice the loved ones and people he knew in order to get the, the, the peace they deserved, that it ends on a cliffhanger, and it's interesting. It's They show, like, outside scenes of Chicago, so it's pretty interesting that it's supposedly, like, they're in Chicago for some of this stuff that he used to be a local cop. Maybe with Chicago, the main character. So it's a very interesting show to watch. Now, what I've also been watching is, that's the game shows. Like, Holy Moly, Don't, Game On, and Celebrity Family Feud. 
I watch Larry Fanny Feet to see how smart I am, which is why I would watch Beach Shazam to see how smart I am. But of course, that isn't come on this year, nor has Archer come on this year. But soon, CW is supposedly going to have more shows. And like I said before, they've have, they have a Canadian show on and they have a British show on, passing it on as like original of their own. They bought the rights to Swamp Thing. That's going to be considered their own because they're going to show it season one this fall. And if the ratings are well, they'll renew it. And they'll continue to make the show. And it would be interesting if the character John Constantine would be in the show. But yeah, they're, they're, they're taking the rights to the CBS All Access show. And they're going to start showing it. And I'm not going to write a review on it. I'm just going to come here and tell you guys if it's interesting or not. That it was a good enough decision by the CW to purchase that thing. Because it, it's a little flawed CW. They have a bunch of quality programs. And they renew every show pretty much. But the problem is, they still are on that old archaic system of two hours. When you're not on WGN or even the, the UPN station, you're on WCAU station. Channels 26DU. Like, that's what you're using. You can have three hours of programming. And you cannot have shows go on hiatus or break. Or just only get like ten episodes. You can give them all, they can give them the full treatment that, you know, Riverdale... And some of the superhero shows get. But nah. They continue to do what Fox continues to do. Which is two hours of programming which is so outdated. Because, you know, they're both originally rerun stations. And they only really started showing shows until like 20 years ago. Let's say 30 years ago. And it wasn't even their thing that they were doing. But yeah, and I'm watching the final season of Blindspot. And I'm about to also watch the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When I have finished... At least maybe halfway through the end of the final season of Blindspot, I'll give some of my remarks. Same thing when I get to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But just remember, this was episode number 39 for On the Radar. Thanks for listening to On the Radar, podcast number 39. As always, we talk about local and national sports and pop culture. Remember, my long-form articles are on Blogger, Radar 4428, and they're shared on the Facebook page. To download my podcast at, Ankle, at uh, Apple, Google, or Spotify, or Anchor directly, to subscribe to my YouTube videos on movie reviews and observations and on the radar. And when the baseball season starting up again, you'll get your baseball observation from the box scores and highlights starting next week. Follow me at Twitter, Radar4428, and always like or follow me on Facebook for On the Radar Entertainment Blog. And with baseball season, season, season starting tomorrow, check out my baseball preview for both the American League and National League podcast, my written baseball preview, and my prediction of the standings the postseason and the awards, all that you'll see up tomorrow. I'll share it again on Friday and Saturday night and Sunday and eventually start sharing again my ultimate 30-man roster, 30-team ultimate 25-man roster for you guys to see because people have been baseball hungry. They can read that, find it interesting. Thanks for listening on the radar. Episode number 39. See you guys next time.